1: The Bengals have three new captains for 2022. We'll break down those captains. Some very interesting stuff on Joe Burrow and it's Steelers week, believe it or not, as the 2022 season is underway.
0: Our Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisco. He's your host James Rapine. Together, we are the Lockdown Bengals Podcast, bringing you daily coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe and who make us your first listen or follow on your audio platform of choice. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by pri- Prize Picks. First-time users. Can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on at Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. James, we have team captains for the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals, and there are three differences one on the defensive side of the ball, one on the offensive side of the ball. And the special teams captain is not Kevin Huber this year. He has been replaced with a guy and he saw. Oh my God! A fringe of the roster player. Nah. Let's talk about these captains.
2: Yeah. Let's let's talk about. Let's go in order. All right, and and let's start with defense. Shocker! James Erpine wants to start with defense, which is truly not not ironically. No shocker, no doubt, right? Um, But it's because I have a story about one of the defensive captains. Uh, So, uh, Sam Hubbard is back. Von Bell is back. And the third one, a new face, entering his seventh year, his third year with the Bengals, had four years in Houston, has never been a captain in the NFL. The reason I know that is because while I was talking to DJ Reader, as he was getting congratulated, and uh, these are all voted on by players, by the way, for those wondering, and talking to him, I was like, oh, man, congratulations. And he was, look, you could tell it meant something to him. He's really excited to be a captain for the first time, and why wouldn't he be a captain? Like, think like just looking at this defense and thinking of this defense and it's I think under the radar. I think that's fair to say. Well, no one is probably more under the radar than DJ Reader. So I, I just think it kind of it fits that way. But obviously he works his tail off, and uh, I was really happy for him. So there you go. Not, nothing too groundbreaking or earth shattering, but I found out DJ Reader was a captain from DJ Reader. Which was uh, which was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we recently recorded the Odyssey Ultimate Football Preview for the AFC North, and I was asked about you know the the biggest, the most important players, not named mm. Joe Burrow on the Bengals, and DJ Readers is top of that list, right? Top of yeah. mind for me. Going back to the Super Bowl that that Friday before the Super Bowl, when the players finally were available to talk to media, I spent some time at DJ Reader's table and just. The way he carries himself, the way he talks about his teammates, the way he talks about his team has screamed leadership to me every time I've heard him talk, really. But talking to him in person, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, James, from your conversations with DJ, the guy seems like a leader. The same way Von Bell emanates leadership when you talk to him, the way that he talks and you hear about his work ethic, the way he, that Bell relates to players. I think you hear a lot of the same things with DJ Reeder. And now in his seventh year, he could have been a captain last year. I think Mm -hmm. if if the votes had gone a certain way, it was it was Jesse Bates last year in that role, as we've mentioned. But, you know, with Bates not being there, not being as as top of mind for a lot of these players throughout the preseason process, very easy to see how DJ Reader would step in to that role Mm -hmm. and. You know, the the first two captains, DJ Reader and, and Von Bell, have been vocal leaders on the defense and, and make a ton of sense to me. Sam Hubbard has been a captain for, it feels like, many, many years now. And mm-hmm. I don't know when he first became a captain. I didn't actually go look that up. But Hubbard is, publicly anyway, a bit quieter, I would say. And, and it, it clearly has a respect of his teammates. Leading the Houdet chant after the preseason victory, in week three against the Rams so you can see where that comes from the respect of his teammates comes from I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you see it as much necessarily in the way he relates to the media at least i don't see it quite as much but clearly has had the respect of his teammates for some time and all three of these captains i think make a ton of sense on the defensive side of the ball no doubt
2: no doubt and no i i do i, I think he is a leader and you see it you're right it's not as vocal necessarily but for example trey hendrickson who probably under the radar as well, everybody on this team, but star, right? I mean, you're talking about a star, star produ- production, at least at that edge rusher spot, him and Sam Hubbard are on each other's hip, man. You know? So I, I think that's that great. they're, that. that's just uh, one example, but yeah, I think he leads by example and, and helps the Joseph size of the world, the Jeff Gunters of the world, those type mm-hmm. of guys. Um, but let's keep it rolling with the offensive side. And uh, you mentioned the special teams and we will get to, to that guy. He's uh which one? There's the hint for those wondering. Which, which which guy is it? Which name? They share a name. That, that's my way of, of teasing. It's Michael Thomas, but we'll get to that in a second. God, what a tease that was. On defense, or on offense rather, look at me. I'm trying to do defense again. It's the two Joes. Shocker. Joe Burrow is a captain. That's the least shocking news of maybe all time. This year, Joe Burrow is a captain on offense for the Bengals. Not a shock. Joe Mixon, captain on offense for the Bengals. Also not a shock. And this one isn't a shock to those that have been, I think, around the team or following the team closely like we have. But Ted Karras, the third captain, and that's really hard to do. You're talking about a team that is a Super Bowl runner-up, reigning AFC champs, a lot of established guys, Mm -hmm. Ted Karras comes in and wins one of those captain jobs, the starting center. I love to see it because I I think he's been such a valuable addition to that offensive line room. We've talked about it on the pod, him literally working on technique stuff early in OTAs with the Jonah Williamses of the world, with proven guys, not just Cordell Volson, Mm -hmm. right, with Alex Kappa. And so uh, I I was pleased to see him uh, on the the captain list, and and he's one of the new faces to
1: this, this room. Karras was a guy that as soon as they brought him in, you could see the path, the captaincy for him. But as a new player in his first year with the team, as a veteran coming in as a free agent, this is like Joe Burrow being a captain in his rookie year. Uh, To to some extent, just being a new player coming in to a new team and and one, James, as you mentioned, that's pretty well established. And, And Ted Karras takes the place of Tyler Boyd on the offensive side of the ball for captains this year. Tyler Boyd, obviously one of the elder statesmen on the offense in general at this point, in terms of his tenure with the Bengals. But Karras' relationship with Joe Burrow, I think, is important. And and maybe we haven't talked about it enough. I think that those two guys have a very strong relationship. And the center quarterback relationship often discussed is something that is probably often discussed for a reason, as cliche as it may sound at times. But it tells you something about the character of Ted Karras to come in And and establish yourself that quickly on on such a generally, as we said, well-established team. And when your center's the captain, how long have Bengals fans been waiting for a center to be a captain again? (laughs) Who was the last center that was a captain for the Bengals? Here's your trivia question for the day. Get at us in the comments and on Twitter in the replies. On special teams, Kevin Huber, who... Made the team on what it's gotta Manny's be Rich on. Bram, right?
2: Rich Bram would be my guess, anyway. That go would ahead. Be, I'm just throwing that out would the be guess. my guess,
1: unless unless Kyle Cook was for one year, I could also see that that Cook, Cook may yeah. have been, uh, but I, I don't remember. So the trivia question will be a question for all of us. Mike Thomas is the special teams captain, replacing Kevin Huber, who, as I was starting to say, was a coin flip in the eyes of many to win the punter job. Mike Thomas was cut before. Returning to the team, both Mike Mm Thomas's were cut. This is Mike Thomas' safety, which James uh, spoiled earlier. His excellent tease. And uh, some people might be scratching their heads at this one. It's not too terribly surprising for me. This guy came in last year and quickly carved out a leadership role for -hmm. Darren Simmons in that special teams group. And will continue to play an important role there. And he's going to be a backup safety to start the year with Tyson Anderson on IR. So there's your special teams, Captain. Not Evan McPherson in his second year, the young Buck, not quite there yeah. yet. Not Kevin Huber, who's Mm-mm. been on the team forever, not uh, uh, Clark Harris. Clark Harris, Jesus, uh, who has been on the team forever as well. but Mike Thomas.
2: Uncle Mike, that's what he goes by. That's what they call him. you know, yeah. I mean, he's he's on the 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 wrong age of thirty, which not many guys in that locker room are. Uh, both of us are. And and so, yeah, I think that's uh, it's not surprising given the leadership part that he brings. But I, I do think that that will surprise some that, that he made, you know, that that captain uh, earn that captain vote uh, mm-hmm. from the players. And again, it's voted by the players. So so they made the calls. Uh, so that's uh, there. They're your 2022 captains for the regular season. Speaking of making calls, Joe Burrow has to make a lot of calls, a lot of checks, a lot of audibles. We're gonna talk about Burrow. I can't believe we didn't lead with Burrow. Well, we did kind of with the captain part of it, but Albert Breer did a really good piece on Joe Burrow, and we're gonna talk about it next, right here on Locked On Bengals. But first, a word from Prize Picks, because prize picks is daily fantasy. What do you love about fantasy, right? Especially the daily formats. Well, you don't have to worry about injuries, you don't have to sweat stuff like that. All you have to do is is set your lineup and go and the best part about price picks well you're going to pick two to five players and pick whether or not they're going to score more or less than the price picks projection that's it you know the projection and you get to pick you're not competing against other people it's you versus the projections so you have a better shot to win entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy plus withdrawals because let's be honest it can be difficult They offer you safe and fast withdrawals. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. So if you deposit $100, you're going to get $100 from PrizePix. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, potential promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100 at prizepix.com.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Joe Burrow was highlighted in a fantastic piece by Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it yet. This was his Monday morning quarterback on September 5th. The, the first week of the regular season and the the last Monday morning quarterback before a, a regular season game in 2022, James featuring leading with the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. And it highlights a part of his game that, that you alluded to before, uh, before we took a little break there, that is one of the most exciting growth areas for me to watch this year. And Brian Callahan worked with Peyton Manning, so it's really easy to think about Peyton Manning when it, when you think about a mental, the mental aspect of a quarterback's game, getting in and out of plays at the line of scrimmage. And, and the quote that stood out to me is a fantastic quote that Albert Breer used to set up his feature on Joe Burrow in these situations. And he said, he being Joe Burrow, I could always tell whether a play was going to work or wasn't going to work based off the look. I always knew whether it was going to work or not, but I didn't always know what to get into to make it work. So I've worked really hard to have answers for every look I can see, and maybe I change it, maybe mm-hmm. I don't. But I've mm-hmm. always had that feel. And he's talking about this in, in terms of he hasn't always had this innate ability to change place. This is the hard work that Joe Burrow is doing and has done since coming to the NFL and has developed probably going back to, to LSU and Ohio State as well. But, you know, going back to peewee football, according to his dad, he's had a good feel for, and and according to him, he's always known based on the look, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? But what he's developed and what's really exciting to see as he matures and has more exposure to NFL defenses is that Peyton Manning ability to get into a play. You can never be right on defense, right? Or it's so hard to be right on defense against a guy like Peyton Manning and hopefully against a guy like Joe Burrow because of their ability to get into the right thing at the line of scrimmage. Yeah,
2: it's it's the thing that like when people talk about Joe Burrow or let's do this. When people talk about Patrick Mahomes, right, it's like, oh, man, the behind the back throws and he could throw it 52 miles an hour at a crazy velocity and a thousand yards downfield. And they say the same thing with Josh Allen. He's big. He's strong. He's in. And so those things are, are tangible things that you can see and you don't have to know football to be wowed by. Well, Burrows, that's it. That's his superpower. That's what what young guy can do, what he can do in that realm. Kyler Murray ain't doing that. He's got incentives to study, right? Burrow has this like special ability to read things and diagnose things and now get into the right thing that these other guys don't possess. What's the difference between him and Justin Herbert? It's that. Justin Herbert can throw it three miles. Burrow can't. And Herbert can do it on the run, being chased down by Trey Hendrickson. I'm not denying that. But what makes Burrow special is he could have audibled into a different play or checked to something else that was more likely to work in that scenario anyways. And I'm not saying Burrow can't make off-script plays and all that. Of course, he's got playmaking ability. I'm not downplaying that. But I'm saying what makes him superhuman? What, what, what is going to get him to that superstar level year in, year out for the next decade plus? And it's that. And I thought Breer did a great job highlighting it. But it isn't something I think any of these other young quarterbacks, and that doesn't mean Justin Herbert isn't smart, or Patrick Mahomes didn't adjust at times last year and get better. And I, I'm not de- saying that. I'm saying that's Burrow's cape. That's his Spider-Man suit. That's his Spidey sense. That's his the thing that he's going to lean on in these big moments. And the fact that he's gotten even better at it, and they highlighted that, and even Callahan, Brian Callahan said, yeah, over the past year, I think he's developed a ton in that area. It's like, Oh my God. Like this is what you dream about because I thought he was good at this stuff. Honestly, week two against the Browns in his rookie year. That's when I was like, Oh dude, he's a freak. <laughs> Just how he was able to eat threw for 316 yards. He was like 37 to 61. Everyone remembers that game on Thursday night football. Uh, since then you know you you've always been kind of convinced, and we certainly have, but the fact that he's gotten even better at it, it means that those to me those week one expectations and those expectations for this season they're not too high because if he takes another step, given what's around him, this team should be really, really damn good, and that's really exciting,
1: yeah, just his ability to identify things that he's seen before. Even if he hasn't seen it firsthand, going back to the Jaguars game last year, the screen that goes to CJ Uzama when Uzama's lined up out wide and all the coaches are like, Yeah, we don't we don't throw screens to to CJ Uzama on this play. It goes for twenty five yards, and this is one of the one of the plays that Breer highlights. It's can you zero him? Oh, okay. Right. And and that's exactly what it is. It's a, a coordinator that he knows came from Baltimore that he knows has a tendency, as Baltimore would, to go zero, to, to rush everybody, have no safety help deep in a critical situation. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bengals got and he knew, okay, if we get this look, we're going to audible to a screen. I don't care This CJ Uzama is, is not Jamar Chase on the receiving end of the screen. We'll throw it to CJ. They never mm-hmm. practice it that way. CJ talked about that too. Uh, Brian Callahan talked about how there's a play in his rookie season and we've talked to Callahan about some of the fake pick plays, they can run out of their pick plays. They, they they like many NFL teams like to use certain pick plays to to beat and attack certain man coverage. And when they ran a pick play against in that week two game against the Browns in week two of his rookie season, they come back in week seven, they see the Browns adapt to it a certain way. Or maybe it's just earlier in the game to later in the game. They see the Browns communicate to watch for the pick and, and Burrow to Tyler Boyd communicates, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna play off that we're gonna run a fake pick. And Callahan's quote is, is pretty telling to be able to do that and then hit it for a first down. Those are the things those are things in the first season where we, where we were like, God, this dude is on another level processing wise. Football is just easy for him. That's in his rookie year. And then there's a play in the Super Bowl. And this answered a question for me, James, not to bring up the Super Bowl again. And, and I know this is not necessarily something that all of our listeners want to hear, but
2: you should tease it. Better than I teased
1: Mike Thomas. There was a play at the end of the Super Bowl. The, the last offensive play of the Super Bowl. I, I've been wondering, James, since this play. Mm. Oh. Did Joe Burrow I, – I know there was a go-route for Jamar Chase. I know he checked into it. But did Joe Burrow always intend to throw that ball? Because I thought it was just going to be a heck of a crazy play to recognize that the, the front side of the route – this I think it was a dragon concept. They had a, a slant and a flat over there to to come off it and go to the backside. Go, but Joe Burrow breaks it down and, and talks about what the intent was on that play, and I found that to be very interesting as well. So we'll get into Joe Burrow's explanation of that play. And a Steelers week. Did, did you know? Does it feel like Steelers week? We'll maybe spend a little bit of time on that as well to wrap up the show coming up next.
2: The NFL season is here, and, uh, yeah, it is Steelers Week. You know what I'm excited about? Built Bar Week, because every week is Built Bar Week. It's the number one protein bar on the planet. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you're depriving yourself of the greatest protein bar on the planet, the Chucky Dough. dough. I See, I can't even talk straight I'm so excited about. The Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs have a light and chewy texture. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They have real Cookie Dough Chunks. And they're only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. You want high protein, low sugar, low calories. Built Bars are for you. And yes, they're covered in 100% chocolate. So check them out right now at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Don't delay. Go there now. Built.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So the piece goes on, James, and Joe Burrow discusses his perspective (laughs) on the final play of the Super Bowl. and. You know what? It would have been crazy impressive to me for Joe Burrow to get off of the the primary, get off of the dragon concept, get back to the backside, hit that go route. But it might be more impressive to me that, according to Joe Burrow, we were going there the whole time. This is a Joe Burrow quote. We were going there the whole way. We got man. And if we get man, I'm going to Jamar. The safety was off the hash, kind of helping on Chase's side. So I knew I had to move him a little bit. And in the process of doing that, I didn't have quite enough time. To move the safety and get back to it. So when I watched this play, I thought the Rams, and I think I've got tweets. You can go back and, and probably look at my tweets from around the Super Bowl. I thought that the Bengals just got got that the David Long, who you know the SI is also covered as as a hero for the Rams on that play to give enough time to Aaron Donald to get home. I thought that that was a story. Donald Long had good play or. David Long, sorry, had great, great play recognition and and got in there and, and screwed up Burrow. I thought he got got. Mm-hmm. Never, never the case, according to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who was expecting yeah. the ball in that play, which is, explains also why he threw his helmet down the way he did
2: after that. Slammed play. his helmet. I'll never forget it. That that I'll never forget that part because yeah. I, I remember seeing Burrow and what happened. And are I'm trying to make this as pain free as possible. Um, and and then I look to Jamar and helmet just gets slammed and goes 20 yards or whatever it was. Look, that is is painful as it is to go back to and bring up ahead of week 1. That right there is what makes Burrow, yeah, like should get you so damn excited. Because how many players ever ever can do that on the biggest stage in the biggest moment and at any stage of their careers, there aren't many. There really aren't. And this dude in year two audible to that check to it, whatever you want to say and knew what he was doing the whole time was in control in command, was calm, poised, was ready to throw the biggest throw of his life. And the rookie receiver won his matchup against the number one cornerback in the NFL. And was that like, these dudes are just different. And so like when you just describe them and and I've described it and you get asked about Burrow and chase all that, they're different and you can just kind of shrug. Like that's how they're different. I've watched plenty of Bengals players, (laughs) plenty of NFL players. Guess what? That Chad was never in that situation. Green wasn't in that situation. Andy Dalton wasn't Carson Palmer. Wasn't think about it. Those guys played for, you know, years and years and years. So, these guys are special. They're different. And so that part is exciting going into Sunday's
1: matchup against the Steelers in week one. They're just a crazy chemistry with those two players. It, it, it's wild. And, and the last thing on this is just the way that Taylor and Callahan consistently talk about Burrow. You know, Taylor in this piece talking about how when they're going through install, Joe is a major part of these meetings. He's taking that step in his third year. being a coach on the field is it's now according to taylor more when they're doing install joe do you got anything you want to add to this or joe do you want to lead us off here with how you see this and and that's kind of how they're doing install taylor spoke on monday and and talked about how he sleeps easier having joe burrow at quarterback and this is a big reason why right you you call in the wrong play or, or a play that gets a look that that you don't like if you're joe burrow and and Taylor also talks about looking up and suddenly Samaj Piran's taking the ball at the middle for mm-hmm. a 10-yard gain on a second and 12 and instead, of, instead of throwing the ball, which, you know, you have a quarterback checking out of a throw here because he knows he has an advantageous look. And that's something that Manning did. People – people, I don't know if it's easy to forget this at this point, but a lot of the checks that Manning did were to get that Colts team into the right running plays as well. It's not just a passing game that this impacts us the running game as well. And and if you try to go too high to take away Jamar Chase and T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd with this offensive line, Joe Burrow is going to punish you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm excited for this year with Joe Burrow. And it starts against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you mentioned, I'm excited for his mental ability to make defenses just have an impossible time to get it right. And yeah. that, like you, like we said, starts with the Steelers who have a very good defense anchored by Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and make a Fitzpatrick.
2: In the the thing with, with Manning is those Manning teams, they ran into Tom Brady, right? Just time and time and time again. But if Manning were playing today with the way the offense offenses operate, think about it. Think about the numbers oh, yeah. he could potentially put up. Like it's it's different doing that in two thousand mm-hmm. versus doing it now. And so right. that is the holy smokes, what did the Bengals got? <laughs> well what do they have right now in these dudes? And so yeah, um, going up against this defense, getting it to, to Sunday. I mean, it's going to be a good test, and it looks like it's going to be Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. But that offense, outside of Mitch Trubisky, those skill guys are are exciting. And, uh, you know, this Bengals defense is kind of under the radar, like we mentioned with DJ Reader. So, look, I, I'm excited. It's, it's It's fun the regular season is back. I also don't think it feels – and this is a good thing, by the way – it does not feel the way Steelers' week used to feel even when the Bengals were good. Yeah, And I think part of it has to do with the guy under center. He acts the exact same way whether they're playing the Steelers or they're playing the Titans in the divisional round or they're playing uh, the Rams in the Super Bowl. I just think he kind of carries himself the same way and warms up his microwave lunch that a chef makes and kind of does
1: the exact same thing day in, day out. There are also no real remnants of the last time this rivalry was really, really chippy. Most like Chase Claypool is still there, but Antonio Brown isn't there. Ben Roethlisberger isn't there. You know, I guess Cam Hayward's still around. TJ Watt's still there, but those are never really the guys causing problems for the Bengals. Most of those guys that cause problems for the Bengals on a personal level aren't there. Most of the guys for the Bengals that cause problems for the Steelers on a personal level aren't there. But the, the thing about the Steelers team is they, they remind me a lot of last year's Bengals, except they don't have a quarterback. And uh that's a big difference. You know, <laughs> you don't have an I offensive mean. line, you have skilled players, but you don't yeah. have a quarterback. And and so yeah. maybe Mitch Trubisky is better than Ben Roethlisberger was last year. The, the husk of Ben Roethlisberger, but the husk This offensive. Was line, that a fad joke? No, like – like Calling him Husky? Yeah, no. I was – I'm having fun, Jake. You're – okay. I'm not just so as clear as James was making that joke. Uh, I didn't make the joke. I was just making – I was having you clarify. The you Steelers called him offensive big, line. big
2: with three G's, Ben.
1: I would never – I call him by his full name, just like I call John David Smith Schuster John David Smith Schuster. Doesn't have the respect of earning that nickname from me. <laughs> I'm David. I also just like don't I'm not too worried like maybe the Steelers somehow beat the Bengals one or one time this year. I'm not going to say it too. I don't think that's happening. But I I just like I'm not really too worried about them despite TJ Watt being really good and Cam Hayward being really good and Minka being really good and their skill players being good. Their offensive line is a disaster and they don't have a quarterback. And so they want to run the ball on offense. Right, the way that they did when they had a new quarterback the last time 20 years ago, and the way they won was running the ball and having a good defense, they mm-hmm. could run the ball then. I look at Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Cole Mason, James Daniels, and Chuck Sakura and I look at DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard on the other side of the ball, and I say I Trey lie. Hendrickson. Trey, yeah, well, Trey Hendrickson is a pass for sure, for sure. And Cam Sample, you know, they're, they're priming, Just waiting for time. him to. Take a big step. Joseph O'Sai inside, BJ, BJ Hill. Hill. I mean, good luck running the ball is kind of how I feel. I'll be surprised if if the Steelers can run the ball. Oh, you're talking about running the ball. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because I it, think that, that that needs to be the foundation of their offense if the rest is going to work. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. you just play the pass all day and say, okay, try to beat me consistently when I'm too high, Mitch Trubisky. Good luck. <laughs> you, you know? It's that, going to...
2: Look, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to dive into it. I, I think going into this, though, it does not have – and it should not have the same feel because we just talked about – mostly because of those guys we mentioned, but the defense too. This defense should be able to handle business against that offense. That doesn't mean they don't give up some plays, but they should be able to do what sort of what they want uh, to a high degree and, and have a lot of success against this uh, pittsburgh steelers offense so we can dive into that i'm
1: excited jake we got games now baby oh man get it Let's finally go. getting to talk about some matchups get getting to see cam hayward in there against the, the, new line, the, the new interior offensive line the tj watt lael collins it, matchup did you know fun fact did you know lael collins has never played a snap against an afc north team before oh well he- He's gonna that'll change a lot starting
2: starting against That's the Steelers, right. you know. And, and the thing is, is it's Steelers and then it's revenge game week for Lyle Collins
1: in oh, Dallas. The Cowboys, right? And and revenge <laughs> game storyline of week week one is, is Larry Ogan Jovi. Dum dum dum. And and isn't there uh oh no, he's on the practice squad. The only the only former Steeler for the Bengals is on the practice squad in uh, the, the offensive guard, Nate Gilliam. Oh, well, what are you talking about? It's still a Mike Hilton revenge game. Oh, Mike Hilton, of course. Yeah, what are of you talking about? Sleeping it off, Mike Hilton. He, he's just going to get continued revenge. I mean, he got his revenge, really. But revenge yeah. is a, a dish best served repeatedly for Mike pick, Hilton. Pick six. Let's do it again.
2: I was right. uh, I was going to say thick six if Ben Roethlisberger was playing line,
1: but I didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? Uh, Lindsey Lindsay Patterson recently tweeted like who's going to have the first interception for the Bengals in, in 2022? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, I saw him in Wilson, Jesse Bateson. Like, I texted her my Reader. answer.
2: Oh, give me, give, me, give me some
1: DJ Reader.
2: Oh my God. Give, give me, give That'd me be a one. DJ me. Hill, man, had the biggest yeah. interception last year, That's
1: arguably. Right. Change right. the game against the Chiefs. That's right. Well, we'll have plenty more coverage of the oh. Bengals' first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Ping-pong update. Trent Taylor, dominant today. Dominant. dominant. There you I, go. I, uh, I, th- I think my guy is the best in the locker
1: room, Trent Taylor. Had to sneak that in. Can't wait for the Trent Taylor-Joe Burrow bait you give me when Joe Burrow inevitably crushes Trent Taylor, and you're <sighs> going to bait me into picking Trent Taylor. You're setting it up now. I can feel it. Oh.
2: Hey, Trent, double T, man. T-squared.
1: Don't mess with them. There you go. Like I said, we'll have plenty of coverage coming up this week for the Bengals Week 1 contest against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Crossover Thursday coming up in just a couple days. And it's time to dive into these matchups, man. I'm excited. It's exciting to talk about football, dive into some of the individual matchups and some of the team based matchups that are going to decide this Week 1 contest as the Bengals get started in their quest to return to the Super Bowl. Until next time, Bengals fans.